Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And as Jennifer Hudson is singing and I'm telling you about going, I start crying and I literally started to dawn on me. I was like, oh no, I don't think I like women. I mean, I was like, I knew, but I was like, I don't think many straight men are like st- giving standing ovation at the AMC in St. Louis, oh, Missouri to Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, stood. Stood at the AMC. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. I'm Eric Williams, and this episode is for the Broadway babies. I grew up absolutely obsessed with all things musical theater. You would think the first CDs I ever bought were Broadway-themed, but it was actually the albums of Clay Aiken and Ruben Studdard. Then I went to the cast recordings. I believe my first one was Aida. Yes, that is correct. Aida, the love story between a Nubian princess and a white man written by Elton John. Hi. This week's guest is Broadway star Nick Rashad Burroughs. Nick has the most insane story of how he became a Broadway performer, and I'm truly so excited for you to hear him tell it. His credits include the Broadway National Tour of Something Rotten, along with the Broadway productions of Kinky Boots, King Kong, and Tina, the Tina Turner musical. You may have also heard Nick in Tatra Call's incredible song, Ordinary Day. We discuss his journey of going from Alabama to Broadway, when he met Liza Minnelli, the controversial topic of Jennifer Hudson's acting chops, and so much more. Make sure to subscribe, and if you're enjoying, please give us a little love note and a five-star review so more people can join the fun. All right, here he is. Nick Rashad Burroughs on the podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm good, beautiful. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to see you, to be with you, to talk to you. The first question I have to ask you, Nick, is whose fault is it that you're gay? Like, what? who did it? Was it, was it a, a TV show? Was it an actress? Was it a Broadway moment? What is it? Honestly, like, it was when I was very fighting that closet journey for a while. But it was when I got confident into, into the opening of this closet journey to realize that I didn't love Petita Miller and Sutton Foster so much because they were beautiful women. I wanted to be those beautiful women. And that is when I decided to realize, you know what? You might, you <laughs> might have a little sugar 
indeed in the tank. A little sugar in the tank. <laughs> right, Nick. I mean, come on. Patina Miller and Sutton Foster both would turn any man gay. I mean, I just... I just really wanted to be Bettina Miller, like in the sense of like fitness. I was like, I wanted to work out and have her arms. I wanted to have her nasal quality. I wanted to use the enticing eyeballs at the every eyeballs. Could. The eyeballs were like, I'm talking about me in college. Like, I'm talking about, I just watched every video. You know, my angel's name in Kinky Boots when I did Kinky Boots is Rashida Miller. <laughs> uh, um, as in, I like to think that in drag, I am the sister of Patina Miller. That's just where my passion went. I mean, are you absolutely like, how could it not be? It's like kind of a A to, a to B to C moment. You turn into the drag version of Patina Miller. I mean, I saw her in Pippin and I saw the eyeball from the last row. I like Change the eyeball life changing. And I'm so broke that I literally was like watching the show from the sound booth because that's all I could afford. And I could still I see her blinking those piercing eyes. Yeah. Those eyes are Broadway magic. So, have you met her? I haven't like met her, met her. Like, when I like when I was in college, I went to the stage door and I was just like, you, you. And I, I remember telling, well, the first time I met her, actually, that was the second stage door moment I had with her. First time I saw my Broadway, the first time I ever saw Broadway, Sister Act, <gasps> and uh, died naturally uh and so i went up to her she i hope she remembers this and says this in like uh interview somewhere because i think it's iconic and memorable but whatever but like i walked up to her and i was just like um hi hi between miller i just would like to say that you are incredible and that i hope someone writes michelle obama the musical for you so that you can get your rightfully deserved tony and then she literally laughed and said oh my god i love this kid let's get a picture <laughs> I'll never forget it. Oh, my. Well, you know what, though? You are right that Michelle Obama needs a musical. What do you think the music is like for the Michelle Obama musical? What's the vibe of this musical? It's very, very like a Kelly O'Hara musical, but chocolate, you know, I think. I think it's that. And I know that Patina has that. She hasn't been able to show the kids. She hasn't. I've seen all of her college videos. You know, I know her rep. She has the range. Patina Miller has the range. (laughs) So wait a minute. So this Michelle Obama musical starring Patina Miller, who is, obviously you're in it, but A, what role are you playing? B, who is playing her husband? Well, I'm a standby for uh, Patina (laughs) Miller. Uh, I I respectfully will let someone else have that moment, but I will be the standby. I will do the weekends, the matches. You will will Shoshana Bean, the Adina Menzel in that situation. You know what I mean? I'm into that. I will take that seat back just for that, but... uh, but um, for me, I think who is, I think it's a breakout star. Oh, I think it's a re, I think it's a reality TV sitch. Like if you think about it, like we like get all of these. Think about how inspiring it would be get all these little young black musical theater girls just like in there singing "Fabulous Baby" in competition style back to back. We would die if we died over "Search for Elle Woods." We would die for "Search for Dolores Van Cartier." Oh my gosh, Nick. I know you're like a Broadway star, actor, phenomenon, but also a producer, it turns out. You have ideas that are money makers. I'm not playing around, okay? Hello? I'm not playing around, yeah. Well, speaking of deserving... Your talent, we are just so blessed to have. I mean that wholeheartedly. You are so effing talented. But I want to, what I'm interested in is your journey. You were going to college in the University of Alabama. Roll tide, y'all. Roll tide. Oh, yeah. 
But then you find yourself auditioning for Kinky Boots, and then you start this crazy journey. I want to hear about the beginnings of you going in for the show, and I've heard, I know there's a bit of like an emotional craziness that went along with this experience. So I just want to get into it. What was it like at the beginning, and then how did it come about that you were actually standing on a Broadway stage? Okay, so I was definitely in college for my senior year. Uh, and we had, and I was in college for musical theater, but at that point, because that was a switch because I wasn't going to college for musical theater. I come from a sports family. I was going to college for track. Uh, growing up, I ran track, played football, boxed baseball. It was a, and I was just singing in church. It was a clear <gasps> shot from me. You're not theater. joking. It was You're a not joking. clear shot for me to be a pastor. You were a athletic sports playing pastor becoming human being that now happens to be a Broadway star. This is not what I expected. I didn't know that. Troy Bolton dipped in chocolate. I swear to God. It's Troy Bolton in the house. Chocolate Troy Bolton. All right. Well, I'm there. So you're, you're, you're going to your first sports pastor, but then all of a sudden you switch majors to musical theater. Yes. Someone, one theater teacher in high school believes in me was like, look, you need to go to college for this. I know you try to look, everybody's telling you, you run fast, but fuck that. But I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. And I really found the passion in theater and I worked really hard because I was late And so I never, I automatically just had this idea. I was like, I'm not going to get far until like, I just put in, I like got to, cause I'm late. And so Kinky Boots national tour came about, I, well, Kinky Boots Broadway just came about and I was like studying the music because I was like, oh my God, this is how I sing. This is what I do. Like, this is what I do alone in my room when no one's watching. So I'm going to study the show, but we had a senior showcase and it was my first time being in New York. We, you know, you, you sing for all the, the agents and the mm-hmm. casting directors and you'd be like, Hey, I'm in college and I'm leaving and I'm showing the world what I'm bringing when I come. And so it's very that. And then I, the agent that I'm with put me in fine and in, in a callbacks for kinky boots national tour without me even signing. I was like, Oh, okay, well work. And then like, so I sent in a video and then a couple of days passed by, I am in a math class and they're like, Hey, um, you have a call back. We would like you to be here tomorrow. <gasps> so at this point you're in Alabama in a math class. You had sent class. in a video. They need you to come to New York the next day. And I assume you had, you went. Oh, absolutely. Um, I got out of the math class. I called my mom and was like, look, I know you don't know much about this, but this is a giant deal. Somebody needs to give me some money right now. I have to get on a plane ticket tonight. <laughs> I'm getting chilled, Nick. I'm getting full chills. Insane. This this story is actually insane. So I uh, get on the plane. I get there. I do my material in front, and I'm auditioning for the national tour. And I'm just like one person there. I'm like, boom, bam, great. And they're like, can you be here tomorrow? And I'm like, I have class tomorrow, but no, I can be here tomorrow. Um, and then so like I stay a, late, a, a longer day and then I do the audition, go back. A week passes. They're like, can you come back? So uh, just in spare of, spare of time, I was just say seven callbacks in a month's time of me flying back and forth from Birmingham to Alabama to New York City. And like, and then every callback getting crazy and crazy each time they were like, all right, this time Cindy Lauper's there and you have to be <gasps> in drag. And I'm just like, I have never put makeup on in my life. Like, what do you mean? I have I'm to be getting, in drag. 
there's this visual I have of you just like going from wearing a football uniform, just for the sake of this visual, you're like this athlete that's only used to play sports, running track. You were an Olympic star. And all of a sudden you start to do this theater thing. The next thing you know, you're in comics for a Broadway production that they want you to be in full drag. It's like so zero to 60, almost like Fair. you're being, you're being like your face is being shoved into a gay pool of glitter and dildos. You know what I'm saying? That's it's like, what I you, say. So you, I'm sure your brain was going crazy. Not only are you like confronting with all this crazy theater stuff, but you're also like career shift brought like this is the big and, and coming out of the closet. Like this was how I came out of the closet. Like I probably would have oh. stayed in the closet longer, but like <gasps> I literally did a show that was like, hey, 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 be gay. Well, you know they say theater changes lives, but I think this theater, theater kind of forced changes. you. <laughs> theater, ladies and gentlemen, theater brought the Broadway stage out at Nick Rashad Burroughs. Let's just call it what it is: Broadway stage. That's the truth. Forced this man <laughs> to tell the world. I was not ready to tell my Alabama family. I wasn't. I will say it's like I'm sure it's so difficult and for so many reasons. I mean, I'm from Missouri. It's different, but it's also similar with just kind of like the attitudes are very different from New York. But I feel like in a way, the blessing is that telling uh, your family is such a difficult thing, but with the excitement on top of it that you're like, but actually I'm like the best I'm the NFL type of gay. Yeah. I was like, it's pretty gaggy what I'm doing. And they're like, you're right. right. <laughs> like I'm professional. It's full pro- on. It's the- professional AF. Wow. So then, so seven, yeah, seven callbacks. And then what happens to get to Broadway? I hear I'm in the airport on my way back home after my seventh callback. Um, thinking like, Oh, I'm going to get this tour. I'm going to get this tour. I noticed that, in the airport, I saw that the casting for the, I heard that the casting went out for the tour. And I'm just so sad. Like 10 minutes later, I get a call. Hey, we know you only auditioned for the tour of Kinky Boots, but we would like you to be in the Broadway production understudying Billy Porter. <gasps> Start rehearsals next week. Can you do that? Like it was the craziest thing that has ever happened to me. Uh, I went back home to Alabama, graduated and moved to New York City to uh, understudy Billy Porter and Kinky Boots. I mean, and also uh, do this new journey of being out. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even wrap my mind around that feeling of 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 being told you're making your Broadway debut, understudying one of the biggest stars, and then also coming to New York. I mean, it's kind of like you had to go to a, a second college in a way of like of like Very much so. Broadway college, gay college, New York college. Um, so but when you moved to New York and of course started the process. What was the journey like dealing with being on Broadway? I mean, you were, how old were you? You were like 20, 21. 21. So what, what was going through your mind? Were you, are you the type of person that is so confident that you're just like, I've got this? Or were you having imposter syndrome talk? What was going through your head? I am that perfect person that is very confident, but who was just like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I, I did have that energy. I really did. Love but too. I also had met my match with New York City being the fact that like I've only lived in New York. I was I was like constantly stressed trying to figure out a subway. Everything was uncomfortable. Like the food was disgusting to me. I just nothing was I was just like, I'm living my dreams, but I am in hell. And it was just because I was like, I had to learn this culture shock of a different world. And now I'm just like, New York is the best place in the world. I don't see myself anywhere else. But um it was so hard and just like always trying to stand my ground with like, like I'm so young and everybody in this business was just like, who are you kid? Mm. Who are you? Who do you think you are? And I'm just like being like, hi, 
and like like just trying to like not piss anyone off like it was like so I like had all this inner this confidence going into it and then of course the city breaks you down but mm. honey I learned and now can't nobody stop me Hello. I mean, yeah. that's a, a really like ex- inspiring example of if you're confident in yourself and you know what you have to offer, if people around you are treating you a certain way, that can't dim your light. It cannot can't. tell you. You can't make yourself think that you can't do it because obviously Nick Rashad Burroughs knows that he can do it. And Nick Rashad Burroughs did the thing, understudied Billy Porter, performed the role of Lola in Kinky Boots on Broadway at such a young age. I, I mean, I have to talk about Billy Porter just and what that experience was like. He is rightfully an icon and a star. What was it like understudying a person like Billy Porter and working with him? Um, he is amazing in every way, shape, form. He inspired me for so many years. I'll never forget when he took me out to dinner and he get, took me out to dinner to give me advice on how to be a leading man, a black leading man in this business. Best dinner of my life. Uh, it was it was so inspirational to me and it meant the world. that. And he just really in the beginning of that process, he just like, he knew that I was just like no different from him. Like this Southern boy coming into this big, and like, he really took, he was my mama. He was mama Porter. I call her mama Porter. And he was, he really took me under my wing on, under that. And in, in that process. And I am forever grateful. That is so beautiful. I mean, Billy Porter is, is, was one of my favorite, favorite performers, but also what's inspiring about Billy Porter is that in a way he's been obviously working in a star and PS sings one of the songs in the first wives club soundtrack, neither here nor oh there, my God. but Billy Porter didn't become what the household name until late in his career. I mean, it's an example of he just chugged along mm-hmm. sharing his gifts. And then finally the, like, the world kind of yeah caught on and now no one can stop billy porter can possibly even think of it truly well thinking of you sitting with billy porter at a dinner and then billy porter mentoring you and 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 talking it's just like anyone would dream of having a fairy godmother is billy porter any yeah i love him wow so wait you actually brought up though for a second that after kinky boots you did something rotten yes so you did that, the, the Broadway National Tour, the role that you played is, I think, one of the most amazing ways to start a show. This, like, stunning... With the mild blue feather. Bloom feather, Elizabethan fucking star walks Coolest out. Coolest costumes ever. And then, it's, and then it's Welcome to the Renaissance. I just, I think it is one of the campiest, funniest shows I've ever seen. And I just like am devastated. I didn't see you do it, but what was it? Cause you also did the tour with Adam Pascal, right? Yes. Let's talk about we gay. Love I- Adam Pascal. We love him. He's the silliest, funniest man ever. We had so much fun on stage with him every day. We really did. Um, yes. I played the minstrel who is the narrator of the show. And it was, I get to sing welcome to the Renaissance every night. It's the first song. And it was just like, when I saw the show, I remember being like, oh, I love this show. I'll never be in it, but I love this show. Because I was like, I, I ne- like I can tap, but like they are tapping. They are tapping. And the Miserable has to tap dead front and center. So I was just always like, oh, this is fantastic. But not my journey. Great. But, I was like, but then it was. Well, how, how did, it was. How'd you get it? Well, I'll tell you this little secret. I, I I am a tapper now. 
I, I will not d- knock myself down anymore. If I survive this show for a year and a half, I, damn it, I'm a tapper. Before that, I didn't think of myself as a tapper. And I lucked out with having a best friend in, in Marisha Wallace, who did the show on Broadway, who is a superstar now. She's been Effie. Go buy her album tomorrow. She's a Plug, superstar. Yes. She was in the Broadway company and was like, and every, and I was friends with them and they all knew me and they were just like, oh, we'll just send him, uh, <laughs> somebody watching gonna be mad <laughs> they sent me um videos of the of the dance audition <laughs> and so i didn't learn the other dance audition and i acted like i didn't know it you know <gasps> like and i i went in there and i gave that dance audition hell i was just like oh what's that I did, could you do it one more time <laughs> so was it on seven or was it eight meanwhile you know the entire thing i know the heart. entire thing been taught i'm like everyone has taught me i'm like well, can you go back like, oh, oh, oh i don't know if i can get that all right oh, it's time okay <laughs> The, Everyone hated me. <laughs> I'm picturing the full charade of you fully acting the set, little deer in headlights. Wait a minute, this is so much choreography. <laughs> two, a five, six, seven. Eight. That's legitimately what happened. I'm trash. Like I literally did that. <laughs> and I'm sure I, the people behind the table were just like, "Oh, I don't know if he's gonna." Okay, he got it. He, um, <laughs> I guess he. We're casting him. And then we got to rehearsal, and I was like, look, y'all got to take your time, baby. That was a facade. I am not going to pick this dance up any quicker than what I'm doing right now. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> oh, my. But then, see, that would that would terrify me to, like, the night before rehearsal starts. You're like, wait a minute. These people think that I can pick things up and kill it so quickly. But I'm sure you did better than you I, thought you would. I did. I did good because, like, I just, like, I was watching the show a lot. I, like, I, I when I feel like I'm not, I, I will not allow myself to be the weak link. I just can't do it. So, like, I was just YouTubing every little thing and, like, learning it before it. And it was also the craziest time of my life because I was doing double duty for like three weeks of kinky. So I was putting on heels, six inch heels and stomping around and kinky boots every day. Well, no, every morning I was tap dancing from nine to six and then leaving to go do my show. I did that for like three weeks. It was the most exhausting time of my life. I mean, thank God you were young. I mean, you're still young now, but thank God you were still, what, 20, what, 23 or something? Yeah. Like, because I feel like after a certain age, (laughs) our bodies, I'm not sure it can handle. That's physically... Whoever says that Broadway performers are not athletes, that is a complete lie. I have done nothing close to the physical stuff of you, Nick Burroughs. However, I did the musical Elf the Musical, and my body... Running around as Buddy the Elf eight times a week, oh it God. was devastating. My I, my back, I threw my back out. I like started getting weird. I mean, it's just it's like a marathon. Like, and I'm not just saying it's like I'm it's like a, I'm saying it's a marathon. Actually, people don't realize that actually, legitimately, is a marathon to do the things that we do. Absolutely. So any any people that are trying to go to Broadway, you just like you better get ready. Go to, start working out. We're, we're on a treadmill because. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's so much more though. So. Oh yeah, I did did that, and I also was the first black man to play Shakespeare in something rotten. 
Yes. We called the chocolate spear. We loved it. It was so much fun. I, I remember there was a video you, you I saw of you, a little bootleg moment. And was that, what was it like knowing like as the curtain was up, you're like, I'm a fucking star. I am Shakespeare. What was, what was going through your head? I mean, it was just so cool. Like, it was just like when the opportunity presented itself, I could, I was like, I love this role. I remember seeing it on Broadway and being like, seeing Christian Borle tear that apart. Like it was amazing. I thought it was so funny. And I was watching, I was like, that's the role I want to play. Nobody would ever let me play that though. Man, that is the role. I am so that. And then cut to like when I got the chance and just was like, okay, let me just stop doubting myself and be like, well, there's no reason he can't be dipped in chocolate. Let me just bring it to their attention. And when I got, when I did it and actually earned it, I felt so good. It felt so good that I got out of my own way of being like, they're not going to see me for it because I'm black. And I was like, that's ridiculous. They should see me for everything because of that reason. And so when I got it and every time I got to do it and the love like, that I got from it and the like Instagram account like of like young black kids like like it meant the world are you kidding me it was it's huge I mean when they say representation matters to think that people are limiting themselves because they think that they don't deserve to be seen because you know if the way you look you wouldn't be acceptable to play part but like of course Shakespeare should play be played by an incredible black performer like Nick Rashad Burroughs why the hell not and then the fact that you could change so many lives around the country is just it was so really spe- it was special. It was really special. And so much fun. I just love getting to play the diva walking around in leather tights being an asshole. It was so yeah. fun. So speaking of Broadway coming back, when the pandemic started, you were in the Tina Turner musical. Yes, yes, yes. So really excited. tell me about what was going through being told to you the last couple of weeks of you performed before they shut everything down. Um, well, I'll tell you, I, I was laser beam focused because I was getting ready to get my mom a plane ticket because I was on for Ike Turner for an entire week. Uh, I was like, my mom's going to come see me play Ike Turner. I'm going to play the king of rock and roll and be a big villain. I can't wait. I was so excited. And literally the day before the, 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 week, the day before is when it got canceled. Uh, I was, so, I was like, of course there were other things to worry about. The world is like we should, but I was like, really? I just wanted to do this for my mom. (laughs) I mean, it feels like so many people before the pandemic were having these really big things coming up. And then of course, right when everything started, it just like completely, completely changed the trajectory of what so many people were doing. I mean, not everyone was about to, you know, play a starring role on Broadway for a week, but like people had things to do. People had plans. And it goes to show you that when the world is being ravaged by a deadly virus, then the virus doesn't care. The virus doesn't care if you're going on for Ike Turner because the virus is going to completely stop everything. But they're saying, so when Broadway comes back, have you been getting any sort of communication from producers? Or are they just saying, like, when it's back, we're back? Yeah. Tina feels very confident to come back when everything comes back. They, well, I love to hear that. We, we feel, yeah, we were doing very well. Like, we were... It was, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that Tina will be back. It's just when the rest of the world decides to get it together and we're, you know. Yeah. One of my last questions about kind of Broadway theme, because there's so much to unpack here, but I've been told that you have met Liza. Is that real? Oh, my God. So that was the craziest day ever. Um, Liza Minnelli sat in the front row of Something Rotten 
and uh, I came out and I do, and I'm the first person that sings and I'm right directly in the center. And there she is. Uh, she's just smiling and giddy. And I sing, I give the song hell. Do you hear me? I gave it all I can. I was like, we're not joking around. Liza freaking Manelli is in the freaking audience. Let's go. And so I like, <laughs> I like probably should have calmed down, but, um, so after the song, she goes, she, she, after I finished, because first time means rebirth, she goes, oh. <laughs> she pointed at me <gasps> and I was, I was elated for the rest of the show. That was the very beginning of the show. And so cut to intermission. I hear that she's in the boys bathroom smoking a cigarette. And, uh, I went to go. I, when she left and went back to the, I went to the bathroom to go look at the cigarette and it was still in the toilet. And I'm so stupid because I didn't pick it up and just frame it. I hate myself to this day for not picking up that cigarette and keeping it and framing it. But I just took a picture of it. Why didn't I pick that up? Nick, okay. we can frame the picture. We can, we can frame, frame the picture. If you have that picture, I need you to send it to me because even any glimpse of something that belonged to Liza Minnelli. But I also have to say that your description of it is so vivid because I can literally hear Liza. I can hear her watching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can hear Liza doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, no, no. I couldn't believe She's it. the most active listener, the most smiley. Have you seen the um the video of her of someone asked her, I think it's Larry King that's like, so what's your goal for this coming year? What's no, what's the hardest part about being you? And she goes, <laughs> being alive. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> But then she watched you on stage, gave you a point, gave you a thumbs up. And then we met her uh, after the show. She came backstage and then she was saying hey to everyone. And then when I walked up, she like looked at me and she was like, oh, and then pointed at me and then said, you, there's a video on my Instagram of her like pointing at me and being like, oh my God, I loved you. And I literally melted. She told, she, she said, uh, and then Rob McClure was just like, he did the show for you, like in the video. And then and then she was like, oh, I know. And I loved it. And then she like, she said to the to her assistant, write down his name. I want to remember. I want to remember his name. She wrote my name in her phone. I don't know if she what she was going to do with it because she didn't put my number in there. But she just wrote my name. And I was like, every so day. Like, Liza Minnelli wakes up, looks at her notebook and says, Nick Rashad Burroughs. And then she puts the notebook away. Who cares what she's doing with she it? Says, she has the name. And I was like, go, go ahead, Liza, get it. It was the best day of my life. I I was so dramatic too when I walked out of the room. I like did the like like the slide down a wall. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like I literally I'm slid. I'm trying to think what song would accompany that cinematic moment of you sliding down the wall. It's um, it's. If a I can make it that. <laughs> I'll make it anywhere. It's that. Camera oh. zooms in on your face. It's up to me. Tear goes down your cheek. <laughs> you understand. And then it goes into a quiet falsetto of the last note. And then it's her remix of, uh, I think, <laughs> the morning cup. I think about you. Have you heard that? What is it? Yes. I think, of, I think about you. You say. I mean... But with that like 70s, like 
dance jam beat. Like I was like, this is the saddest song in the world from Follies that you just decided to make a pop hit. <laughs> Please, I want to see yeah, the seventies pop version of Losing My Mind. Are you oh kidding? My God. Losing My Mind by Liza Minnelli. Everyone go listen right now. It's I mean, Liza probably is, with all respect, losing her mind. Um, yeah. Wow. What a, what a visual. What a moment. For <laughs> literally one of the biggest gay icons of our, our living is Liza Minnelli. So big ups to Liza Minnelli. Let's go, though, into some some pop culture. Um, I want to hear from you just in terms of, like, we've talked about Patina Miller. We've talked about Sutton Foster, Liza Minnelli. Are there, are there any... TV shows or movies that are like things that you could watch a million times that you just, that, that no matter how many times you've seen it, like for me, Sister Act 2, I can watch it every week of my life and never get tired of it. Are there any things for you that are just like up, you grew up watching that you're obsessed with still? Um, for sure. I mean, Dreamgirls. Uh, Dreamgirls in Chicago. Those who come on, I'm there. I'm not moving. I'm going to watch. I think those two musical movies from musicals are some of the most well done. And let it be known that talking about being closeted, I had, I've had one girlfriend in my life and um, it was my junior year of high school that I, I think started dating her. Maybe even my senior year, I was a late bloomer in terms of experimenting with heterosexuality. My, for one of my first dates is we saw dream girls in theaters and as Jennifer Hudson is singing and I'm telling you not going, I start crying and I literally started to dawn on me. I was like, Oh no, I don't think I like women. I mean, I was like, I knew, but it was like, I don't think many straight men are like st- giving standing ovation at the AMC in St. Louis, oh, Missouri to Jennifer Hudson. Stood. Stood at the AMC. We'll never forget. Do you think that Jennifer Hudson is, in terms of acting quality compared to Beyonce, who do you think you would rather see continue an acting career? This is a controversial question, but I'm curious your take. I know it's a controversial question. I Beyonce, I don't care what anyone says. I know we say that she's not the best actress in the world. She did better in in um, when she played Etta James. She was incredible. What movie was that? Cadillac Records. She was great. She was great. She was giving acting beats. I don't care what anyone says. She was giving acting beats. But and you know she what? Was, she was giving acting beats in Dreamgirls because she was just playing herself. Oh. She was, but I just, you know, we love Jay Hood. We love Jay Hood. I am just the biggest Beyonce fan. I share the same birthday as her. Oh. I, I love her. I mean, one of my biggest religious experiences was seeing Beyonce in concert. I have a video of my husband, Matt, screaming his bloody head off at oh, yeah. Stadium in Queens. Same. The intro videos when she's just like, Peace, growth, all of that. Honey, I'll watch those for hours. That Those are beats for me. Yes, I will watch them. But also, speaking of controversial takes, some people say that Jennifer Hudson can't land the acting beats as, as much as we would like her to. I mean, look, I think Beyonce is great. I think Jennifer Hudson is great. But your take of voting Beyonce, I don't think is, I don't think our listeners will deeply disagree. I don't think so either. Also, I, I would like to say, Miss J. Hud has Aretha Franklin coming out. Here's the tea. Jennifer Hudson was asked by Aretha Franklin to play her. So whether we think anything, I'm like, I can't say nothing. The queen is spoken. I don't think J. Hud may not have proof of being the best actress in the world, but I'll tell you one thing she was put on this earth to do, and that is sing Aretha Franklin's music. Aretha Franklin's not asking me to be in any movies, so whatever I said about Jennifer Hudson. Aretha Franklin ain't nice. So, like, like, I think that, sure, 
And we shouldn't diminish J-Hud and Beyonce just because they're not the best actors in the world because they do other things that are beyond measure that people couldn't even possibly think about. Mm -hmm. So I know with all the money going into this, somebody is going to whip Miss J-Hud into shape. You think she is going to like go out here and just be a man? No! They, they they know what people are concerned about. A hundred percent. I mean, that movie is going to be incredible. And the fact that Aretha Franklin was on her deathbed and she was like, one more thing. Will Jennifer Hudson please play me in the movie? And then she, it's like, you know what? It's just like, give that to her. She's she had no choice but to be absolutely incredible because someone's yeah. dying wish was for her to play. I a hundred percent agree with that. Will make you dig down. That type of pressure will make you dig deep into yours. I couldn't tap and I had to tap in the front. The things she's put in, she has no choice but to slay and rise above. Color purple, incredible. Cats, she she was great. But there's been a controversial take. I put on Instagram a while ago a controversial take about the Sex and the City movie. As we all know, the new series is coming out. Jennifer Hudson is cast as Sarah Jessica Parker's assistant. One of the hot takes I said was that she... I made a comment about her acting in the movie, but someone made a very good point that it, it was the way it was written was really sort of abysmal and she did what she could. And I actually a hundred percent agree with that. So I want to apologize to anyone that ever heard me say that she was not good in that movie. She did what she could. They gave her a part. She was Louise from St. Louis. She had to deal with Carrie Bradshaw's monstrous ass. So you know what? I take it back. Jennifer Hudson, you did what you could. Also, wasn't Joshua Henry her boyfriend in that Yes. Movie? Oh, my God. Her, her gorgeous St. <laughs> Louis boyfriend was Joshua Henry. Oh, we love him. We love, we love him. And that, that movie did something right by putting Joshua Henry as the gorgeous. Really I, I don't even remember the movie. I just remember being like, who is this black god king man who just kissed Jennifer Hudson? Like, that's what I remember. He is next level i mean also not only gorgeous one of the most talented like it's it's unfair that's a great pro- his music just came out everyone go listen to his music yes listen are to they- henry are you in terms of sex and city or like guilty pleasures or maybe reality tv is there what do you what do you tend to watch or look forward to when you're watching tv are you like a real housewives person are you a kardashian like what's your guilty pleasure well i'll say first i am in mourning, I am deeply hurt because Insecure just announced that it's going to have its final season after five. Like, five is it. And I didn't know that. That's found out from Variety yesterday. Rough day for me. Oh, God, I oh. love Insecure. I love that show. I love Issa Rae. I think she is so silly and funny and brilliant and genius and well-oceaned. I just mm. love her. That, that is one of my top favorite shows Lovecraft I can't even handle scary things but Lovecraft Country I recommend it it's so good it is so amazingly acted they're getting every Emmy the way that Watchmen got every Emmy they're gonna do it next the next Emmys around so a, a mix of shows like that and I mean we're watching RuPaul's Drag Race uh, like we're excited that it's back on who are you who is your top three right now who is I love I love Rosé I love, love her. She's a star. A star. I mean, Tina Burner, though, I feel like she's really polarizing. I feel like people are either loving her or thinking that she's scary and not nice. And I haven't, I'm, I'm undecided, I'm an undecided voter about well, Tina Burner. 
here's one thing that they like, whether you like her aesthetic or not, or what, or like her, what you will not be able to deny is that is a bona fide drag queen. That is a drag queen that is put into work. She knows exactly what she's doing. These young queens could literally never, they may have a better fashion idea than her, but you literally are on this show because you watch people like her every week, tear, tear it down and show you what a drag. She is like base level. Like, Hey, I know we're here to see the fashionable looks, but mm-hmm. let's still remember this is a drag competition and she brings drag. She's- and no one can say that she has not got all the skills needed to be an incredible drag queen. That is a very good point. I think the question is like, is she, is her energy something that you want to see win the thing? Tina Burner is just clearly a seasoned professional and went on that show knowing what she does. However, one of my early favorites is got Mick and the story even coming out on the show, you know, gender identity and, and, and just being a unbelievable drag queen, I think is the the show, the show needs, the show needs got Mick, but it feels, here's what's really interesting is it feels like Simone is a very early favorite. Yeah. My nervousness, my take is that I'm obsessed, but she's starting so high that sometimes people try to knock them down and it might be hard to climb back up. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. She's doing the whole Gigi good dipped in chocolate routine. Like, you remember how everyone was like, Gigi good. She's it. She's it. And then somebody's going to come in later and be like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, but it's just like Simone is literally her sister. They have the same, like they're, they're, they're from the same house. You know that? So I did not know that. They're from the same house of Avalon. And that's what she wore when she wore that boxing thing. She had Avalon on it. And that's what, yeah, they're like sisters. They're like, if you look at their Instagram, they're like this. And it makes sense because they have very similar, like fashion, like vibes. Yes. Um, And those Queens are always the favorite in the beginning because we're just like, Ooh, yes. These looks, these looks and competition going on. And then we realize people like Tina Burner is what we want to see because Mm -hmm. these are the ones that know how to do the competition. But like, so I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. But it's also, I think you make a good point that when the first uh, impressions are what the look is and the gorgeous drag, but then when you get to know the queens and then you get to see the personalities come through. I mean, probably Bob the Drag Queen is an example of that, of just like, yeah. clearly at the beginning, you love, they're a great drag queen, like gorgeous. But by the end of it, you are so deeply obsessed with Bob's personality and everything yeah. that it makes it makes everything become even better. And it's like, yeah, Bob the Drag Queen is one of the best of all time on that show. Yeah. I remember when he won, I was like, there is no one, there's no no, it's him. He there's wins. No and like, and like, they were like not coming for Bob because Bob is gorgeous, but like these people were killing him in some of these looks. Mm. But even still, I was just like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. They do not have the star quality that he has. That it is she star is, quality. Yeah. And so um, I think that comes through later in the season. I'll tell you my top three. Please. I'm obsessed with. Uh, I love everyone you mentioned. You said Gottmik, Mm -hmm. Tina Burner, and Simone? Uh, And Rosé. Rosé, Rosé. We love her. We love my tops. um, My tops may be controversial. I don't care. It's just who, it's just how they make me feel. Good. I love Olivia Lux. 
I love her. I think she is an angel. I think she is a superstar. She looks beautiful to me. I, when people be booting her, like her pink and yellow, I'm like, no, that hair was cool. And that pink look was great for me when she's just, she's just, she's not going to hurt a fly. You just want to like, you just want to hold her and protect her. You know, she's great. Wait. I love her. Love Olivia Lux. And I love that those bitches doubted her. Ooh, I love when people doubt somebody and they show you. So her, Simone, hands down. Simone is going to be in the top three. Whether she gets whether she gets there and starts to struggle, she's gonna make it to that top three. That mm-hmm. girl is a star. And we agree on Gottmik. Gottmik is that is a cool. That is that level of talent and also inspiration to like integrate mm-hmm. the queer community yeah. and like accepting more drag because there's so much drag out there. And I hope the show continues to go in that direction of bringing more diversity in terms of gender and defining of what drag is because clearly drag is mainstream now. Obviously, it comes from a gay, queer, you know, minority perspective, but RuPaul's Drag Race did this i mean it it got emmys every year like that's everybody voting hello that's not just a queer community voting that's the world voting and it got those emmys over and over because it's great it's quality it's fantastic television and these these queens are working like sure someone could look at us and be like oh these gays talking about drag race but i'm like no we're talking about people that are out here like really doing detailed work yes takes training i mean it's it's our version of sports i think i mean obviously you used to play them i never did but i think like it's our communities um watching uh, the sunday super bowl sunday it's watching you know i don't know sports references but um wow okay so let me ask you one question before we sign this off the world is ending and you can only save one character actress. I mean, it can be a Broadway star. It can be, it can be a TV film star, but there's only one actress that you can save. Who do you think it should be? Isla Davis, hands down. Absolutely. It's her. It's her. No one, no one can just tap into battered black lady anguish quite like she can. It is just a pain and a misery that is just so exciting that comes out of her eyes and mouth. I just, whoever, whoever hurt her, I applaud because that person made gold out of her. How dare you hurt Viola Davis, but however. How dare you? Thank you. Wow, it's a mixed bag of emotions with Viola Davis. But you know what? Nick Rashad Burroughs, thank you so much for doing this. What a joy you are. I can't wait to see what happens next for you. And I'm following your career just so deeply and closely. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love you so much. I tell you all the time that you are a comedic genius because you have me laughing daily. And I love you so much. Nick, I don't deserve you. Well, hopefully we'll get to do another episode of this soon, talking about the Tony Award you just won. And I'm excited. I'm excited. There you have it. Nick Rashad Burroughs. Gosh, he's a star. I I do want to say that we did discuss RuPaul's Drag Race after like episode three. So if you don't agree with our opinions, I can guarantee you that they have changed. 
you know how that goes. Every episode we feel differently about the queens. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We want to make this algorithm horny. Oh, and you gotta send me a DM with a screenshot that you've subscribed because you yourself could win Lady Gaga Chromatical Oreos. That is assuming I can find them. It's really stressing me out. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.